house, we think about something which is not sophisticated, but it's, it's need to be handled in a very sophisticated manner. Meaning people are walking, walking uh, tens of miles a day in the warehouse to bring boxes and lift up and down the boxes and, and take the relevant item or items. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Lomitech, and sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and Birthright Excel, and in media partnership with CTEC. Welcome to another episode of 20 Minute Leaders. Today, we're gonna to be talking about how robots are completely disrupting warehouses, fulfillment, pretty much any supply chain. Meet Hannah Yanofsky, CRO and General Manager of Kaja Robotics. Hannah started as a commercial lawyer in advising and managing transactions in the tech ecosystem. Her curiosity led her to change size and become an entrepreneur and tech executive, and since 2015 has been focusing on the robotics and automation industries. She's the General Manager and Chief Revenue Officer of Kaja Robotics, automating solutions for order fulfillment. Hannah Yanofsky, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders, the General Manager and Chief Revenue Officer of Kaja Robotics. How are you? Hi, Michael. I'm fine, fine. Happy to be in your, uh, in your uh, show and looking forward. I'm really excited for these next 20 minutes. Your Me journey is, is so interesting from being a lawyer to being VP legal at, at another company, but now working in robotics and, and warehouses and logistics and optimizations. I think that's going to be so interesting uh, for us to talk. Uh, Hannah, before we dive into the world of robotics and warehouses and logistics, tell me a little bit about your own personal journey and, and, and how you ended up even in this space. Okay, sure, gladly. Um, as you said, I, I started as a commercial lawyer from a very young age. Um, the commercial aspect really, um, really interested me, and that's why I chose to go to the commercial side of, of the legal world. And uh, even from early stage, I was really fascinated from um, what the entrepreneur and the investors and the companies uh, were facing, and uh, also in my legal role, I try to address those commercial matters broadly. And then I took a decision to switch part and uh, join the world of high tech and business and commercial, not from just a legal aspect, but also from a, a manager and a entrepreneur aspects and see how uh, I can um, um, influence and, 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 and and be more involved in those commercial aspects and business aspects. And um, I started from uh, cross-border transactions and M&As and uh, uh, being in a global company uh, for the business affairs. Um, and uh, we had a lot of business, not just in Israel, but mainly in China, US, and Europe. Mm -hmm. um, this was my journey in the automation and robotic industry. Um, and in 2019, I joined Kaha, as you, as you said, uh, Kaha Robotics, uh, also because it fascinated me, the, the, the industry, the, the new concept and uh, uh, what this company has uh, um, uh, developed. Um, it, it is, I think, a unique combination that happens uh, rarely of a booming industry, a real need from the customers, and a real product that it is new and uh, not same as others. 
Um, and this combination made me, made me realize that I really want to join this journey and this company um, and try to build uh, with together with the team uh, a global and industrial company since then and, and make the, the solution of Kaha becoming more and more uh, familiar with the market. So Kaha Robotics, uh, tell me a little bit about, for before even, before Kaha, tell me a little bit about the problem space. So w- where are we... You know, what, what vertical are we in and what, what big pain point in the world are you trying to solve? Okay, sure. Um, uh, we are uh, operating the logistic market uh, where there are customers and the customers can be either uh, the retail themselves, uh, the retailers can be in the fashion industry, um, in a, a pharma industry, in other industries, or a, a 3PL, third-party logistic customer that provide uh, services to many more other companies where in the same warehouse they se- they have many many items and goods of different customers and they serve those customers whether it is b2b or b2c meaning whether it it is something that michael has ordered online and they will send it to michael or whether it's a chain of company of of stores and they will send it to this chain of stores so these are the relevant um industry and warehouses and I'm when I'm saying warehouses I mean huge you you look at the warehouse it's it's like you see sometimes uh, thousands of meters of warehouse warehouse it's really uh, something that until you visit at such a warehouse you cannot even uh, think how it looks like uh, and the amount of goods that they need to handle is enormous and sometimes they have one warehouse which serve the entire um, co- uh, West Coast of the United States. So just imagine the amount of good that they have uh, for such a retail, a footwear company, for example, and how they need to be very, very efficient and optimize everything. Um, and they, they have many challenges in that aspect because uh, real estate is expensive. Right. Um, and they need to find the optimum manner to uh, uh, to handle the, the inventory, uh, to handle the orders, uh, to make sure that they don't do errors, uh, to make sure they, they handle inbound because all, all the time they have a new inventory coming in. Um, so there is, a, of course, FIFO and other elements they need to handle. It's it's out warehouse, we think about something which is not sophisticated, but it's it's need to be handled in a very sophisticated manner. Right. And another fascinating point in my in my uh, uh, in my view at least is that until now ninety five percent of those warehouses are handled manually in the area of we call it order fulfillment, meaning from the minute that there is an order from a, a, from the end user, someone that ordered online or from 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 their um, store itself. Um, until uh, uh, the order is being picked, the relevant item is being picked from the from the box, the relevant box. Uh, uh, after the inventory is placed in the in the in the in the warehouse, it is done manually. Meaning, people are walking walking uh, tens of miles a day in the warehouse to bring boxes and lift up and down the boxes and, and take the relevant item or items. Wow. Um, 
And this is something which is not relevant for uh, people to handle in so many aspects. Uh, people are not willing to do that. All of our customers, no matter where they are, um, having a real challenge to find uh, labor uh, to handle that. And this is specifically a work that needs to be handled by robots and machine and to make sure that people will handle, handle different tasks in the warehouse, which are more uh, friendly for human beings. Right. Um, and so the, the robots themselves, so what, what, how does the solution actually work? I'm, I'm, robots are involved. You're, I'm, I'm hearing that you're replacing a lot of the manual labor uh, that, that humans have to do, whether it's vertically or horizontally within the, with, within the warehouses. So where, how does this actually work and integrate within the warehouses? Okay, I will explain in a nutshell. Uh, we have two types of robots uh, that work in combination, and there is a, a thought behind those two types of robots. Uh, but what uh, manage the entire operation, the brain of the solution is actually the software. Mm -hmm. There is a software placed in the cloud with a, a, a algorithm that manage the entire optimization of the warehouse. It will anticipate what will be the high runners, where to place them, what is the backlogs of the orders, when there will be peak, if it can be anticipated, and, and other, uh, other behavior of the warehouse. Um, it has AI and deep learning, and it will uh, instruct the robots uh, to where to place the inventory once the inventory arrives to the warehouse, how to reorganize all the time the inventory in the warehouse, meaning to consolidate uh, boxes, to place high runners closer to the picking station, to uh, um, switch, switch between boxes, etc. The big robot, the lift robots, uh, will take boxes from the inventory, place them in the warehouse, and take them from uh, uh, high shelves to lower shelves. And then we have the small robots, very, very efficient, very, very um, uh, fast, and they will run in the warehouse. Um, and bring those boxes to the picking station. Wow. And the ratio between those two types of robots will also allow uh, efficiency and attractiveness in terms of ROI. Uh, I can talk, to, talk about it for a half an hour or an hour, but I did it really fast. Um, and of course, there are the picking stations, which also manage everything uh, smartly. So uh, the entire solution tried to make sure that the warehouse uh, and the order fulfillment is done very efficiently and uh, very, very in accordance with the specific needs of this warehouse. Amazing. And so, you know, I think that the, the big question here, especially when it comes to, to indoors and robotics, is this idea of personalization versus the generality. And so one of the things that I'm always curious about with these types of solutions, how, how generalized are these robots? Because you have, and, I, and I'm not sure how many different types of warehouses you may have. Uh, let's say a, a, a Walmart warehouse versus a Foot Locker warehouse. Uh, you know, is it the same robots? How, how much do you have to customize these robots to fit the new environment? Okay, so we have two types of robots and they, we do not do a customization for each customer, but uh, compared to other solutions, we do have a, a considerably a more degree of freedom or relatively degree a lot of degree of freedom because we have several building blocks in our solution. We have the software where we can do some customization and we have the two types of robots and two types of picking station. 
So we will receive data from the warehouse about mm-hmm. the activity um, and we will provide the customer the configuration and the layout of our solution with those building blocks and some personal personalization um, to address its specific uh, needs and, and right. demands. Um, and our solution in one ha- warehouse will not look as other solution in a, a different warehouse. Meaning at the end, we will, we will adapt our solution to the warehouse and not vice versa, but we will do that with our building blocks. Right. Okay. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Now, as you're more, more strategically thinking, you know, if you, if you look at the supply chain of how this will then impact, you know, both me as an end consumer, but also the, the company that is, that is managing the warehouses, what it, you know, how, how does this impact the world in non-trivial ways? You know, besides the really obvious stakeholders, how is Kachel Robotics going to impact the daily life of different people around the world? First of all, I would like to, um, uh, to comment that during the COVID, uh, at the beginning, we were a bit stressed, but then we saw that the, the e-com was booming. So the demand for such a, such a solution yeah. is only increasing. And I think at the end, it, it changes the, the behavior of the consumers. More and more e-com is done uh, by, by, uh, by the computer itself. It affects the stores themselves, which are uh, now operating more and more from the logistic centers and less from the stores themselves. Um, it affects also in terms of the environment because you have now one logistic center which can handle many types of goods or one types of goods for a large uh, large uh, uh, retail. Um, and you have this logistic center, which will provide uh, all the service for the, for, for the end users and no need, maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, but less and less stores, um, less and less need to use electricity because our robots can work uh, in, in the dark, less and less air conditioning, um, and less and less and more and more efficient way to use the real estate because you can have more density in, in the same warehouse compared to when it's manual or when it's in the stores themselves. Um, so I think at the end, it will have a great impact on the, on the way that we will see how the entire uh, industry of shopping, let's call it this way, will behave. Uh, it starts from real estate. Uh, to uh, shopping centers and to the way that those companies will handle the, their inventory and even uh, the way that they will handle shipment. Uh, it's another uh, environment aspect, whether they need to ship everything to one place, uh, several places, right. etc. cetera. Uh, we see also a trend of micro-fulfillment, smaller logistic centers closer to the cities to serve the city but it can be done outside the city, not in the middle of the city. So there are many aspects that will influence environmental behavior, real estate, um, and I think at the end also the cost of the customers and the cost of the of the of the retails and the and this entire industry. Fantastic, amazing. Now, one of the things that we we very briefly spoke about before was this idea of of planning, and this is more about your own personal journey, Hannah. About about planning and and you know the 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 interesting balance between you know being falling in love with a plan versus being open. So tell me a little bit about your own personal story. 
Um, and if I need to think about, first of all, from, from my personal journey, I all the time trying to evolve as a person in my, in my uh, professional career. And I moved from one, one um, um, path to another. Uh, and I only benefit from that. Uh, this is from personal note, but in terms of the business itself, when I have, I have a, a, a story to share, um, in 2020, um, we decided that it's the time to uh, start the sales and marketing activities in Kaha. And uh, there was a plan and the prime market was uh, US and Europe. Uh, uh, we, we are a company in Israel, but those were the, the prime markets and the, we started the plan and I sat with my team, etc. It was in February 2020. In March, <laughs> everybody Amazing, woke up yeah. to, the, to the COVID and suddenly we couldn't fly. Uh, we couldn't meet customers and Europe was shutting down US later on. Um, and we thought what we are going to do, are we going to freeze all the activities of sales and marketing? We just started this activity. Um, and then uh, I, I decided and I, I spoke with my team and I said, let's go and sell in Israel. We are close. We are here. Let's do that. Uh, and we saw a great potential also in Israel. And uh, we succeed in several transactions here in Israel, which were enablers to other transactions. Um, and for US, the, the, plan, the plan was changed to work also with partners meaning uh, companies that understand technology, understand the solution, and you can uh, describe it to, the, to them even with the videos, with the teams, and not necessarily to arrive and meet them. Um, and by this change of concept, we uh, managed to uh, succeed to have several uh, nice transactions in the U.S. where we haven't met the customer only after a year, after we signed, after we closed the transaction. Um, and it was something that uh, on March we didn't think that we could we could do. Um, so it it the plan changed, but it was beneficial at the end. It also made made us realize that the the system itself is could be handled from from remotely, which is also benefit uh, wow. to do it remotely. So this is this is an example how. You have a plan, but then you have something so dramatically that changed the plan, but at the end it can be also good results. <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, Hannah, I, re I really want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing the story of both yourself and also Kachab Robotics. I have no doubt that this is where the world is heading. And, um, you know, besides just the, you know, the way that it's impacting at the end, the people, the, the actual laborers in, in the warehouse, it's impacting the entire supply chain in very dramatic ways both in terms of efficiency, in terms of consumer expectations, in terms of prices. And, and, and so all around, I mean, definitely this is the world, the world is, is heading. And I really hope that Kaja uh, is going to be a, a leading, a market leader in this segment. And so thank you for coming and sharing this journey and the idea of planning, not planning. When, some, when, when somebody punches you in the face, you have to change the plan. Uh, there's nothing else to do. Uh, and it sounds like that's exactly what all of you did with Kaha Robotics. I do have a, a few last questions about you. Uh, and I want you to take me back, Anna, to your childhood and share with me what, what really fascinated you as a kid. Okay. Um, 
Um, I think from an early age, I, I was uh, uh, fascinated by music. It's not that I am so uh, talented in music, but I really enjoyed listening. And um, um, I studied a bit, but I, I uh, enjoyed music. And I had an episode where I liked opera as a child wow. and wanted to be an opera singer. So uh, I tried to do it around the house and, and I am. Obviously, I was not too gifted in that uh, aspect, so it was it was not so enjoyable for the for the family members. But it was a period of time where I tried to sing opera. So <laughs> I love it. And what what inspires you today in your daily life? Um, at the end, I think I like uh, that each day is different from the other, and um, and each day I need to uh, address other. Um, things uh, sometimes it can be relevant for uh, external uh, to the company, customers, uh, suppliers. Sometimes it's uh, internal aspect HR, um, other uh, uh, internal matters inside the company. Sometimes it's financial, sometimes it's uh, sales and marketing. So I really like the diversity of everything um, and the need to uh, all the time um, uh, learn and reinvent myself and uh, have new challenges. Amazing. And what are three words that you would use to describe yourself? Uh, I I hope at least that I am uh, for the good and for what I'm very direct and um, also with my my team and my family, of course. Um, I have a high expectation for myself and from those that work with me and for my family. Um, and I think that I'm uh, loyal and hon- honest, I think. Wonderful. Hannah, thank you very, very much. Best of luck with Kaha Robotics. And, uh, and I look forward to seeing where this goes. And thank you for coming and sharing this time with me. I appreciate it.